Good afternoon and thank you for joining us here at Equine Devil's Advocate for this Monday's podcast. And to those of you who are new, a very warm welcome. I will just add a little apology as you may hear some drilling noises in the background today. Um, it is my neighbour. Uh, normally he wields a chainsaw, but today he must have a new man toy and it sounds very much like a drill. Uh, I do hope it's not too distracting. Now, more importantly, we really sincerely do hope that all of you and your furry friends have come out of this weekend unscathed. Uh, this weekend is probably best described as the curse of Guy Fawkes to those of us who have animals. I'm sure you probably do know, but for those of you on the other side of the world who maybe don't know... We in England celebrate uh, the failure of the gunpowder plot, which was something that took place in 1605, where a group of men tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament with gunpowder. And one of them, a man named Guy Fawkes, was actually caught. Traditionally, we celebrate on the 5th of November with uh, fireworks and a bonfire, and an effigy of Guy, which we launch into the flames. It does actually sound rather odd, does it not? Anyway, needless to say, uh, you can imagine a lot of animals don't like this celebration. In fact, it actually frightens the pants off them. So perhaps the answer should be fireworks without noise, without bangs. It is possible. So people, how can we make that happen? How can we make that a reality? Answers, please, to www.equinedevilsadvocate.com or Podbean or Facebook. Now, to date, I have been speaking to you about things such as confidence and clarity regarding our horses and, yes, the odd historical fact, too. But the point is... Was I always this way, the way that I described myself? The answer, no. No, 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 no. Absolutely, I was most definitely not always this way. So how did I get to be this way? Well, by a series of rather bizarre choices, which is why today I'm going to tell you this story. This story of my bizarre and extraordinary choice. The story of the curse of Tutankhamun. We're going to skip back here in the timeline to when I was seven years old and we as a family were in Germany. Of course, whenever you move, the first thing on the agenda has got to be find a riding stable and hurrah, there was one. At this stable, they had cavalry black horses that were retired from service, a Windsor Grey carriage mare named Olive. She actually was sent to Germany to find a different occupation in life because she and her friends had disgraced themselves by throwing Santa and all the presents onto the muck heap as she and her friends sped off with the beautiful carriage unattended and loose trashing it. No more driving for her. 
Also at the stable, we were so excited because they had ponies, but they also had polo ponies. All these horses were there for lessons and hacking. It was a it was a dream come true. Even Olive. After being there a little while, my family made friends with another family that were also there. I actually was in awe of them. They had their own polo ponies, privately owned, and not for everyone to ride. I remember thinking how special these polo ponies must be. They also had three children who were not too different in age from myself and my brother, and we all got along really, really well. After a while, their mother said to my mother, "If you and your children would like to ride the polo ponies, then you're more than welcome." Music to my seven-year-old ears, to be allowed to ride their beautiful dapple grey mare called Takasa. She was so kind and gentle and so easy to ride. She very quickly became my mother's favourite horse. She loved to take her on hacks. But me, no. My favourite was their chestnut, their chestnut gelding called Brillante. He was shy and nervous and somewhat unpredictable. Why was he my favourite? I've got no idea. They also had a fabulous groom who used to take us one by one and put us in front of the saddle while riding the polo ponies, and he'd put his arm around us and hold us really tight and then ride them as though they were playing polo. He would gallop and he would stop and he would turn, spin to the left and spin to the right, and we absolutely loved it. So after a little more time passed, it became rather apparent that the workload. For these two poor ponies, had now somewhat gone up. Not only did they have to play in matches and tournaments, but they also had to entertain five children. And so it was decided by their owner that she would find and buy a pony for us all to share. Could life get any better? No. The day came. Such exciting news! The pony had arrived. We were to go to the stables after school. How long can a day be? Every minute seemed like an hour. But finally, finally, we got to the stables. I ran as fast as I could to the stable at the end where the pony was to be. I flung open the door, and there he was. Oh my goodness! I was absolutely speechless, breathtaking. Standing before me was the most beautiful, stunning Palomino Welsh Mountain pony. His coat—it was as described in books. It was the colour of a newly minted gold. Coin. His mane and tail were luxurious and thick and white, so pure white, like freshly fallen snow. He lifted his head from the hay, and oh my goodness, his long white forelock parted to reveal that gorgeous broad forehead with those wide-set, large, bluey black eyes and that soft doughy grey muzzle. Tinged with golden downy hair, 
as if that weren't beauty enough, there was more. No longer hidden by the silken white forelock, under that fringe was a crystal white, perfectly symmetrical diamond right on the centre of his forehead. I actually thought I was dreaming. I could not take my eyes off him. This is it, I thought. This is heaven on earth. This is gold. What's his name? I asked the owner. Tutankhamun, she said. Well, here he was. He was on a trial period of two weeks, after which the discussion to purchase would be made following a veterinary examination. I didn't get to ride him very much in those first two weeks as he was new to the family and we did also have other commitments but I still rode my beloved Brillanti when I could and really it was enough for me just to be able to stare at Tutankhamun. It was so perfect and so beautiful, just utterly divine. Two weeks passed and the purchase was made. He now belonged. He was here for good. Then began the curse, the legendary curse of Tutankhamun. Is it real or is it myth? The very day after he was purchased, we were all in the indoor school in a riding lesson. From behind me, I heard the sound of galloping hooves and past me, at speed, flew the golden pony, Tutankhamun. He galloped past all the other horses, then with his head between his knees, bucked like I have never seen before. Not once, not twice, but every single stride. With such vigour and violence, it shocked everyone. The poor boy riding him was just tossed in the air like a rag doll. Well, he must have been stung or something. That's what everybody thought. That's so not like him. He was taken very swiftly back to his stable for a thorough examination. They all agreed these things can happen sometimes. So the following day, they chose to use the indoor school again, just to be on the safe side. Not in a lesson, but just Tutankhamun and, for company, the very kind, unflappable, beautiful Takasa. A different child this time, the eldest of their three, not the poor battered boy from yesterday. All seemed well, until... Yes, it happened again. Another child, discarded from the saddle like a rag doll. What on earth is going on, the owner wondered, and rightly so. A full, intensive veterinary check was booked. He passed with flying colours, as he had prior to purchase. A completely clean bill of health. The owner said to my mother, we really don't know what is happening and why this is happening, but perhaps best if your children don't ride him for the time being. I didn't mind at all. I just loved staring at him. And so things progressed. From nothing, from nowhere, he galloped and bucked like you have never seen. And so, over to the adults, lunging, lots of work, a succession of polo players and grooms strong enough 
yet small enough to master this angelic-looking Welsh mountain pony. And all, all of them, sooner or later, flung to the ground and discarded like paper bags, including his owner. Well, inevitably, the fateful day came. Standing in his stable doorway, admiring him, mesmerised as usual by his beauty, by this vision of a pony, I heard the adults behind me talking, the owner's voice to my mother. It's such a shame, she said, but my children have no confidence now. If I even mention riding, they burst into tears and don't want to come. Tutankhamun has got to go. I felt my heart sink. It was like my world would end. Words flew from my mouth as I turned to face them. I don't even actually recall saying them. But I heard them. I heard my little seven-year-old voice say as I turned, I want him. Please, can I have him? So, join me on Friday for the next chapter of The Curse of Tutankhamun. Till then, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, take care and we will speak soon.